Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. From Barangaroo Studios, the AusBiz COV is the key stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance. Hello and welcome to the COB. It is Monday and we're still trying to find our way because of what's going on, well, with Wall Street bets and everything that goes with that. Scuddy, g'day. G'day, Andrew. How you doing, mate? Uh, geez, what a topsy-turvy start to the week. When we kicked off, it looked like it was going to be a very dire start to our February. And then, lo and behold, we're up nearly 1% at the end of the day. Yeah, that's right. As you mentioned, the first hour, it was looking pretty dire, but... Um yeah, market sentiment looked uh, pretty healthy as the day wore on. Of course, there is that continued fear about market volatility in relation to Wall Street bets and how that's likely to play out. But uh, at the moment, I guess investors willing to get back in and stick their toe in as far as the risk is concerned. Yeah, there was some uh, some data that came out uh, basically showing the, uh, the short position in GameStop, that uh, famous uh, stock that used to be uh, on no one's radar, which now everyone is talking about. Uh, has been reduced quite substantially. So that may have helped to appease and settle things down a little bit during the session. Uh, this, the start of flows uh, no, during the, the start of the month is, uh, is not uh, unusual as well. Plus, another thing that really kicked into gear around about uh, halfway through the session was the banking sector. We got some really, really strong housing finance data, both for owner-occupiers, uh, new, uh, new investors as well. Uh, and that really turned around the other uh, financial sector as well. So big gains there. So not surprising you're going to see the local market power home towards the close. Yeah, anyway, you look at it, the housing market is just going from strength to strength and no signs of a break on that for this year. So, yeah, as I mentioned, look, it, it is uh, still the talk is all about uh, GameStop and Wall Street bets. And uh, we had Michael McCarthy in. Uh, he's a chief market strategist from CMC Markets. He likes shorting. He says... There's value here. You need shorting in the market. It does put uh, really poorly run and, uh, and a lot of the time fraudulent companies are uh, under the cost. So it's, uh, it's not necessarily a bad mechanism. And of course, uh, a lot of it's uh, done to, to go and actually for markets, I know, to go and hedge positions off, uh, not to actually go and, and take speculative positions in companies. So I think it's got a really rather bad rap uh, the way that's done. But I agree with them. It's, uh, shorting is not necessarily a bad thing. Uh, maybe uh, you know, having synthetic shorts uh, to the degree that puts 120, 140% of free float short is a little bit irresponsible. But uh, yeah, all things being equal, uh, look, I would have thought that a lot of the, uh, the market participants who are part of this uh, you know, Reddit group would have actually been supporting no, no, the shorts. They're trying to go and actively uh, no, uh, no, uh, throw, like, no, shake up things out there mm. rather than trying to go and uh, you know, just do the status quo of buying things and getting wealthy that way. Well, and just putting it in perspective, whether you think you know, this could happen in Australia, the, the largest short sold position in the Aussie market at the moment is Webjet. That's around 14%. But just to put perspective in that, GameStop up around 140%. So much more than the value of the company itself. And Michael McCarthy's point of view is that why are they shorting it to that extent? Exactly right. Well, 
I guess a lot of them think it's probably going the way of the dodo eventually. And, of course, we all know that uh, technology is making a lot of things that we used to do in the past redundant, including going to our video game stores and going picking up a disc and just going to download it now. But uh, it is unusual. And, it, and I can see the argument that some are saying, well, it's manipulating of some kind, the fact that uh, you have shorts of that degree. But uh, yeah, I, I stand by my comments and what, uh, what Michael said as well, that you know, shorting it as itself is not necessarily a bad thing. It's, uh, no, you've got to go and have some checks and balances. Uh, the one thing I find really interesting about the psychology of the market is that when you've got lots of spruikers and people who are pumping up stocks, including what's going on with the moment with some of these names, it's, uh, it's treated as like, no, that, that's okay. Mm. But as soon as you start to go and try and, and short sell something, all of a sudden it's, it's terrible. Um, I think Michael did a really good job of explaining that when it comes to short selling, like naked short selling, yes, uh, is not a good thing. But short selling, you're borrowing stock to, from somewhere. So you possess that stock. You're not just selling it out of thin air. So uh, a, few, uh, a few misunderstandings that are coming through at the moment, which is probably leading to a bit of uh, angst among the investment community on Reddit. Well, Scotty, we did talk to our own homegrown version of Wall Street Bets, that is calling themselves ASX Bets. Uh, the moderator is also anonymous. I guess that's not surprising. Uh, but he's saying, look, essentially, you know, what is, what's his philosophy? Well, essentially, they say if they like something, they buy it. If they don't, they don't buy it. It's that simple. Yeah, that's, that's absolutely, and there's nothing wrong with that. And uh, having a forum and discussing the merits of individual stocks is, uh, is perfectly fine. It's when you act in unison uh, to go and, and uh, move a, a market one way or another where you get into the grey area. Mm. And uh, it does, some of the movements that happen in, in some of these names on Wall Street is blatant market manipulation. I don't think there's any way you can go and describe it one way or another. No, actively trying to go and promote a certain outcome uh, and publicly putting it out there, well, that's pretty obvious in my opinion. Yeah, well, he did make the point that uh, the Australian market is particularly hostile to retail investors and that needs to change and that's the part of the revolution they want to undertake. But he admits, you know, the volumes here are so slow, uh, so low that uh, that's uh, not necessarily going to you know, be the case. Yeah, I, I don't get this opinion of you know, how people are hostile to, uh, to the retail training community. We've been a lot of like, you know, people back in the day, I think uh, you know, one of the first, like a lot of people would have a Comsec account you know, back in the day and, and a lot of people still do as well and it's evolved over the time and lots of people going and, uh, and trade, whether it's day trade or investing. So I'm not sure that uh, I buy that argument that uh, the, the media is against this uh, retail. You know, I think you're looking at what's going on at the moment. These are truly unique things and you've got to look at what some of the messages that they're signalling. We're signalling that, uh, you know, that things are okay just to go and manipulate and do whatever you want in the market. Well, yeah, I don't know. There are, you've got to have some regulations and checks in place. Otherwise, you're just going to become rampant and then that's going to go and lead down a rabbit hole that we do not want to go and visit. As our Grant uh, Wilson from Exante Data was talking to us towards the end of the program today, this could really go and lead to some sort of systemic risk and real big problems in the financial system. So it's not something that we want to actively encourage and uh, I agree with his sentiment. Well, meanwhile, uh, these market revolutionaries, if they'd like to call themselves that, have moved... To silver, we're now talking about the silver squeeze. What's going on there? Yeah, uh, well, if you can go and move around a $1.5 billion company and make it a, you know, a 23 or 24, 25 billion, depending on the other uh, minute of the day, uh, I suppose that you set your, your bars higher, your goals higher. So uh, silver is an interesting one. It's a much larger market, much bigger uh, market participants as well. I know this, the, uh, the price is up a little bit today. 
I suspect anyone who has short of that may be going and squaring up their positions. But I'll be amazed if you were able to elicit the same kind of reaction. Look, to be honest, if you were to go and get a move like that in silver, some explosive move, it would have to involve uh, institutional money and it would have to involve some kind of you know, disintegration of the fiat money system. Well, anyway, Niv Duggan from uh, Peak Asset Management says there are certainly opportunities to be had in silver uh, with individual stocks, certainly undervalued as far as he sees them, such as Golden Deeps uh, and Silver Lake Resources, just to, uh, to name a couple of them. Um, and, uh, you know, he sees also, obviously, some of the big guys, such as BHP and Rio, also uh, have some silver components there as well. Yeah, it's, it's an interesting one how to go play. I know a lot of the, uh, the Silver Squeeze uh, cohort are looking for the, uh, the ETF silver-backed uh, securities to go and, uh, and put their trading uh, you know, positions on. So it is a, it's not as readily available. There's very few pure plays out there. Those that are on the market today did exceptionally well, no surprise. All right, well, let's uh, move on from Wall Street bets and the commotion in that regard, but stick in the resources sector and lithium. Obviously, uh, that has done well of late, uh, given what's going on as far as the EV market is concerned. And, uh, well, on the call today, Koshi asked our guests, uh, Nathan Sonasundram from Deep Data Analytics and Gaurav Sodhi from Intelligent Investor, what they like as an investment, and they looked at lake resources. Lithium stocks, yep. graphite stocks, they've gone dramatically higher over the last two to three years, especially in the last year, and lithiums have sm- you know, mm. smashed the prices. Um, so in that context, uh, we, we did like lithium. Um, it's had a big run. I tend to play through the bigger players. Now, the other issue being is the sovereign risk. Uh, yeah. Obviously, these, these are uh, substantially uh, COVID-affected countries. Uh, so you don't know how things are going to play out. My worry is, if you're looking at emerging markets, vaccination will run into next year. Too, too early, yep. too risky. In a market where multiples are so high, yep. if the market turns out, these are the kind of stocks that people will run out of because they're very illiquid and you need to get out. Yep. Um, so those things can move down quite quickly. So the big player for me, their you know, diversified player has been with the lithium play, it's been MinRes and um, right. IGO. You may think when you're buying a lithium producer that you're buying a miner. What you're actually buying is a technology Mm. business Um, because you're betting that lithium is going to be the dominant form of ingredient for car batteries Mm. and that may or may not be the case. I mean, the technology moves so fast. These guys are so nimble um, that there is no guarantee that lithium is going to take off. So uh, my preference would not be for a pure play. Um, I'm I'm actually, this is a terrible way to start the show, but I completely (laughs) agree with Nathan. Um, Minres, it is one of the great businesses on the ASX. Right. So that is our stock of the day, Lake Resources. And you know what, Nathan and Gaurav, they don't like it to that extent. It's not going in the portfolio. A little bit flat on the, uh, on the stock. All right, Scotty, let's turn our attention to tomorrow, a big day. There's a lot to, to look for. Um, obviously, we've got the RBA uh, interest rate decision and uh, what we're likely to see going forward. Yeah, it's... Uh the RBA is always interesting to go and see what's said after the summer break. Uh, there's been some big uh, events over the last couple of years when the, uh, the board has returned and, and made some, uh, some pretty substantial moves when it comes to policy settings. This time, uh, I'm not expecting there to be too many fireworks. 
uh, looking for around commentary about what's going to happen with the yield curve target, what's going to happen with quantitative easing, and the Aussie dollar, and maybe the housing market in a lot of recent data that we've seen. But I think the message is going to remain very much the same. Wednesday, I think, looms is the really important day when we hear from our Governor Philip Lowe, uh, who'll be talking around lunchtime here on the East Coast. Uh, that is going to really loom as a, a policy-setting uh, agenda speech uh, that we should all be paying very close attention to. Yeah, also one to look out for as far as uh, PMIs are concerned, manufacturing in the EU and also the US gives us some further indication of what's going on. Yeah, those. absolutely. Like, uh, the ISM PMI will be out tonight, which is always the one that's really closely watched. I'm more interested in what's going on with the services PMIs, which will be out later in the week. We know that the, uh, the goods... Uh, manufacturing sector, the industrial side of uh, many developed economies is performing very well. The services, which is more impacted by uh, COVID, uh, is going to be interesting to watch given what's been happening. A lot of the data has been surprising to the downside in Europe and surprising the upside in the States. We'll see where that can continue. And also a bit of a read uh, locally as far as consumer confidence with ANZ. Roy Morgan releasing their read. Yeah, absolutely. It's always interesting to see what the uh, the pulse of uh, know what's going on. I'm not sure whether the uh, the lockdown in uh, in your home state of, uh, of WA announced late Sunday is going to impact in the uh, the figures here. Probably not. But uh, all things being equal, it's uh, it's a po- very positive backdrop at the moment that we're looking at here in Australia. Yeah, a bit, uh, really bit early to get a read out of WA, but uh, look positive at least for the first day in that there was no new case in WA but uh, obviously uh, we'll see what uh, transpires over the course of the week Uh, look we were talking silver early another one to look out for tomorrow on the show Uh, we're going to be speaking with the executive chairman of Manuka Resources the silver miner would have had a very good day today probably uh, probably been chipper spirits uh, or things we'll see what happens the silver price does tonight absolutely hey listen uh, great that you can uh, join us on the COB please join us tomorrow as we said Another big day. Scuddy, see you then. Thanks. Uh, no, always a great, uh, great pleasure to go and start off the week with you. And uh, yeah, thanks everyone for listening. We'll see you tomorrow. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.